bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. (laughs) And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. I don't know. Um, Yeah, Uh, well. (laughs) It's just, I've come to the realization that after doing this podcast for all these years, six years, I guess, Mm -hmm. I don't like when the news is about Trump, particularly ever since Jojo and Kiki, you know, got into office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate hearing about Donald Trump. Yeah. I don't like like even if they're, they're they could be talking about Rudy Giuliani, which they've been talking a lot about Rudy Giuliani lately. They sure have. And they're showing all these old pictures of him and Donald Trump, like on the White House lawn or the steps. And I'm just mm-hmm. like. Barf, I don't want to, it's like a fever dream. I don't want to look at it. I don't care. I don't care about that trial. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care about that town hall. That's not news. <laughs> I don't care about it. It's uh-huh. like, I wish they would just like leave off already. Like, just like bug it. I mean, I have to admit, I you, did watch the. Yeah, I mean, you have fun. I am kind of having fun because I. I enjoy, because I I don't know what the term would be. We should coin a new term. Okay. I'm okay. I enjoy getting enraged. I enjoy. Oh yeah. Well, it's like getting. Porn. It's like hate. It's like. Yeah. It's sure. like. Yeah, yeah. Like like rage porn. Yeah. Like I have. Yes. Right. And then I can. I'm like yeah 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 talking out loud and stomping around and talking to the TV and yelling at Caitlin Collins and you yeah. know what I mean? And then going on now this is toxic and this is disgusting and terrible. And I've had to stop myself five million times from becoming a troll to Marjorie <laughs> Taylor green and fucking Kevin McCarthy and Caitlin Collins yep. and CNN and Chris Licht and Elon Musk and, and, yeah. and, 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 and yeah. Uh, so it's, it's definitely rough, but they, the news does not like to to they think they're being biased when they it, it goes one way or the other. They're either pretending not to be biased and they're pro Trump like Fox or they're MSNBC and they're completely fucking, you know, Chris Hayes, yeah. whatever. And not or we're now we're pretending and now we're CNN and now even in MSNBC, we're still kind of pretending. I don't know. But like like just. Fucking tell us then the news. Tell us then what Bi- what the Biden administration yeah. has been doing. They've been doing a million fucking things. He's signing a million fucking bills. We we don't hear how unemployment has dropped. We don't hear about the fact that inflation has actually gone down. We don't hear that in California the gas has gone down a dollar. Even though it's expensive, it's still gone down. And it's nobody can. Here's what nobody can do. What? 
Nobody can just take re- accountability. Talk about that. <laughs> Nobody can just take accountability and go, you know what? We're trying. We're doing our best. There is an immigration crisis. Yeah. Actually, there is a fucking huge humanitarian, enormous human crisis going on and everyone is coming to our country because of it now you don't have to hate people or hate immigrants to acknowledge that there's a fucking problem that maybe also we're overpopulated maybe this country cannot absorb every single person that wants to come in at this very single second moment well every every a big city in a blue state can't absorb them because that's the only people, uh, only places even trying. There's plenty of room and resources in this country, but no red state is having it. Right. So or, it's or, like right. the, it, we only have so m- much big cities in blue states that are, are willing to help. And those those are already done. It's cash. Yeah. Like no one can just cut the, the reason Republicans and Democrats can't come together because nobody's willing to be honest and face the hard truth of what is going on on in the world and it's like it's not there's not it it, you could you could argue in any way and any side are there criminals here yes there are there criminals there yes there are it's 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 mind-boggling and mind-blowing that you we can't just try to start to work the actual problems because the Republicans want money and they're selfish and the Democrats are too arrogant and egotistical <laughs> or I don't even know yeah, what the word is self-righteous to go and worried that they're being racist or being gender offensive by saying that there are things that are fucked up. There are, there just are. It doesn't mean you hate people. It doesn't mean you're not trying to help. You are, but not every solution fixes the entirety of the problem yeah so let's just fucking deal with the shit god well all i want to do is hear about actual moves being made with the debt ceiling that's all i would talk about on this podcast but nothing is fucking happening and we refuse we'd rather have this podcast be a phoned in piece of shit than have this (laughs) podcast be the 25th hour in a 24 hour news cycle of endless speculation. And right now with the debt ceiling, I mean, to me, that's the most important thing going on in yes. terms of, you know, the brass tax. Right. But nothing's happening. Uh, well, the brass tax are, and you could say that I'm biased, I suppose. I think so. Uh huh. But at the end of the day, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, is putting a stop to, to, uh, uh, raising the debt ceiling because he's pretending that we're, you know, that it's inflation and Biden's fault and blah, 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 and the Democrats are overspending and ruining the country and blah, blah, blah. Is there some truth in there? Yes. Have we overspent? I think during COVID, we can all agree if we each got $1,400 and XYZ, we probably overspent a little bit. At the same time, there are ways to pay for it that the Biden administration has put out there where they have said, we're not going to tax people more than $450,000 a year. And we want corporations, big pharma, blah, 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 to close loopholes and pay their fair share. And that will pay for everything and actually close a lot of the deficit. But Republicans will not do it. And that is why we're not raising the debt ceiling because Republicans are selfish terrorists. That's what's going on. 
Well, that's why I've been drinking during this cleanse when we're not supposed to drink. And I've continued to smoke. <laughs> well, now we had the night in Palm Springs, mm-hmm. right? Where we drank. We drank a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we had a light night where we went out to dinner. Right. So it was really only twice. Yeah. Now, is it, has bad. that the same with smoking? No. I thought you've only smoked a couple times. I have only smoked a couple yeah, times. It's but... only been twice. You didn't even smoke in Palm Springs. Oh, you're right. I didn't. I smoked today, and I smoked the day before, and I smoked... Oh, no, not the day before. Yeah. Yeah, I do mean I did. Yeah, so but so I feel like you smoked twice, and we've drank twice. I smoked three times. Okay, well, I've drank three times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm... Yeah, like, not a lot. Now, granted, I've had one cigarette... Yeah, or I still, had two in a right. day. Yeah, we haven't. Yeah, you know what I mean. I haven't because it is nauseating and. Ugh. However, something yeah. has changed though. We something we, has we, changed. Twenty twenty one, we could get through this cleanse for three weeks without drinking. That is true. So that's true. Um, that's and in true. many, and in twenty twenty, and in twenty nineteen, and twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen, we've You're d- right. been doing this cleanse for over a decade and it's gotten to the point where I can't even make it the three weeks. So I think tensions are high. Tensions are high. I think neither of us has any patience. I think literally both of us in just in general across the board, the patience train has left the the, the, the station and it hasn't come back. Normally I can get, get it back. But for, I think because it's so stressful right now, I can't, I have no patience. I have none. It's very, very, very stressful. So we um, did our Patreon podcast um, from Palm Springs. Yeah. When we fell, mm-hmm. the first time we fell off the wagon on right. the cleanse. Mm-hmm. And um, we were very, very hungover when we did our Patreon podcast. Um, and so Jenny, now she didn't sign sign her name. I'm, I'm going to assume it's Jenny Graham, but okay. she sent us a hangover cure. Mm. What is it called? Okay, it's called Flyby Recovery Post Party Relief. <gasps> What? She says, hi, ladies. Hey, guys. Just listen to your latest bonus episode. Sounds like you could have used this earlier. It helps me when I overserve myself. Pro tip. Take them when you start drinking so you don't forget and suffer. From a happy fan, Jenny. <gasps> wow. Well, maybe it's not Jenny Graham. Um, well, now, right. I like that Jenny said when I overserve myself. Yes. Because we don't even use the term overserve because no. it's always us overserving ourselves. Well, even when I go, to, <laughs> if you go to a bar, they're not coming up to you being like, take this now. Yeah. You must have this. You go to the bar and you get yourself a drink. Yeah. We, I feel like MJ from Shaw's was the first person we ever heard say that she was overserved. Oh. Um, I would rather end up with the most brutal hangover I've ever had and nearly lose my life. Now, not in a car, of course, but yeah. just nearly lose my life from the amount of alcohol mm-hmm. than have anyone tell me you've had enough. Oh, uh, I'm, excuse me. Wow. Um, excuse me, Ooh. kind sir. I would not what say thou. Let me art. What say thou art? Because <laughs> let me tell anyone uh, here. I'll tell you this. I would hate to be the person especially when you're drunk right to come to you and say 
you've had enough. Yeah. I would like to see what happens. Oh, that I person would like to will see be on motherfucking Dateline. Okay. They can catch <laughs> they their episode even... <laughs> of Dateline next season. If you even try it. Don't even try it. What you should do is be like, sure thing. Sure thing. Gorgeous. Walk back. Pour a fake drink mm-hmm. and hand it over to yeah. me. Yes. And let me walk away, yep. stumble away drunk yep. with my fake drink right. after I tipped over tipped you $30 uh-huh. and you can be happy you gave me a fake drink. Like ain't nobody going to tell me oh. when to cut it on off. So that I don't even like the term overserved. And how I've never help? been overserved Who's, except by myself. Yeah. And who, I mean, what do you need to be doing where anyone would dare say that to someone? It's one thing to be like, Oh no, we lost your keys. You can't drive, so we called you an Uber. Good luck to you. Like, but to say like you can't have anymore. What? I, yeah, I've I think, never. I think they're they're supposed to do that. I can't even imagine that happening. I can't either. And we've been in every kind of bar. I I mean, I I just can't even. It ima- does happen ima- to people though. That is absolutely unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Now you could say. Uh especially the hangover we did have in Palm Springs. Yeah. That, I don't know what happened there. We overserved ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I appreciate, um, what's it called? Flyby? Yeah. Well, Jenny got it on Amazon, on China's on. And so we're going to cross our fingers and hope it's real. Yeah. And not because China's on loves sending those fakes out. Yeah. But either way, we will keep our eye out. Um, According to that, she's telling us to take it when we Before, start drinking. even, yeah. Or just during instead of, but I like, you know, I guess if the next morning, I'm assuming maybe they're electrolyte like capsules or something. I mean, I'm literally wearing glasses and it's so small I can't see it. Well, if you guys are interested in hearing, we're going to play you a bit of um, our hungover Patreon. It is very, 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 very hungover. Yeah. So um, I would say horse, slow, dumb uh kind of boring very off kilter a kind of a hot mess everything you are when you're hungover just close your eyes and imagine the last time you were hungover and you'll enjoy it i mean we did it right from bed yes um we were laying in bed and we were we were in the middle of the cleanse um and we were in palm springs but if you if you like it and you want to check out our patreon podcast um you can google julian brandy patreon you can click on the link in this description of this episode mm-hmm. um you can go to our website julian brandy there's a million ways to find our patreon podcast we do two hour long podcasts a week they're both a dollar they're both an hour um and they're cheap and fun and here's a little <laughs> taste for you and yeah it's gonna be five minutes so if you don't want to fucking listen <laughs> then press fast forward i've pressed record oh shit yep that's right. No. Yep, we have to do it. Two. Reliving last night. <laughs> uh, this is the. Uh, I mean, this is the hangover episode. <laughs> this is the Just hangover episode. We, we're this, supposed to not even be drinking. No, we were. <laughs> we're on a cleanse. We're on a cleanse. Here's me sipping a fucking white claw. We're on a cleanse, and not only does the cleanse make the drinking grotesque, it makes eating grotesque, too. I need to take my cleanse 
herbs. I don't know where mine are. I'm not getting <laughs> up. I'm not disturbing the setup. Okay, well, I didn't take my last ones last night. The fucking colon ones. I didn't take my colon ones, and you should be grateful because I'm not, you don't need the I wasn't ones. even sure that I was going to be able to make it on this trip yesterday morning. The level, the level that... Uh, you blew up the toilet? I mean, I'm surprised the neighbors didn't come over. <laughs> you know that scene in, um, <laughs> that scene in um, Bridesmaids where Melissa McCarthy shits in the sink? Of course. And her legs go up does. and she's like, oh, and it's like it, it like, it's like that. It's like that. I don't remember that she shits in the sink. I thought when she finally gets over there, she doesn't shit in the toilet. Well, who shits in the sink? Somebody shits in the sink. Well, maybe it's her. I think it's her. Because someone else is on the toilet? Like, yeah, or she tries to go to the toilet and Wendy McClendon McClendy <laughs> pushes her away or whatever. I think that's it. Okay, yeah, you're right. I can't remember now. I thought she shit in the street. Or is that that's Raya that's, Maya Rodolph? Oh, okay. Rudel, Rudel does, Maya. Where does <laughs> that's Rudel Maya? Where does Kristen Doty go? <laughs> where does she go? Uh, she. Wait. God, I haven't seen. I guess I haven't seen Bridesmaids in a minute. But usually, I would know all of that. <laughs> okay. I can say I've never taken the cleanse herbs with vodka before, but. And, but today oh, you're doing this. Yeah. Zanulo. I mean, you're not supposed to drink on this. Yeah, and it makes it disgusting. Don't. We're in Palm Springs. It was worth it. We went six days without drinking. I mean, and we still haven't even regaled the final tale of the trip. Mm -mm. But uh, we were in. <laughs> I'm, I gotta see where she goes. You're gonna watch the scene. Oh, it doesn't. It's not showing us. Oh, God damn it. Oh yeah, here. God, anyone who just joined the Patreon is like, <laughs> and I'm unsubscribing. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy goes in the sink. Okay, well tell me where everyone goes. It's important. Melissa, M Wendy McClellan McClendy is throwing up in the toilet. Melissa McCarthy is shitting in the sink. Okay. Kristen Chenoweth doesn't. <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> no, she eventually does, doesn't she? I don't think so. She, she just sweats she's and eats the, the Jordan almonds. <laughs> <laughs> I think eventually they all go. <laughs> and then Maya Rudolph goes into the street. Okay, and that's it? Mm-hmm. And fucking Rose McGowan never goes anywhere? <laughs> no, because she's not sick. Because she doesn't eat the meat. Oh, yeah, and... <laughs> Um, that girl, I never remember her name. Well, we, she, clearly we don't remember. Kishi Schmidt or whatever her name is. Schmidt. Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer Schmidt <laughs> throws up on Wendy McClendon the Clubley's hair. <laughs> I know it sounds like I was smoking, but I wasn't. Oh, was that, were you sad that you didn't smoke last night? Oh, you have no idea. It was so hard. I wanted you to. I didn't have any cigarettes, and so, you know. <clears throat> um, well, you know what? I didn't. It, it sounds for all of us like you did smoke. <laughs> That's because of the cleanse, because so oh usually God. we do this thing called the D-Herbs Full Body Cleanse, and you, you <laughs> don't drink for 21 days. You're supposed to eat raw um, 
oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> On the cleanse, you're supposed to eat raw oysters and only shellfish. You would be, it's such a good diet. You would be allowed to eat raw oyster because you're supposed to just eat raw food. Well, no, you're not supposed to eat meat, though. You're not supposed to eat meat, but you are supposed to eat raw, like, raw vegetables. And, like, <laughs> I don't... That's it. Yeah, raw vegetables. That's fucking it. And then... Who the fuck... And they're like this. You'll lose some... You, you're not guaranteed to lose weight, but some people lose up to 30 pounds in three weeks. I'm like, yeah, because they're eating carrots, and that's it. And like, that's it. Who and the only fuck raw food. could do that? I can't do it. Who, I can't who do could it. do it? I don't know. It's crazy i remember that raw foods restaurant that the olsen twins always went to it's gone now it yeah was, it's gone now because <laughs> no one wants it but they if anything you'd have to have that kind of like macrobiotic chef macrobiotic <laughs> it's yeah. kiki palmer chef <laughs> yeah well if schmizzy kit wants to get <laughs> some raw foods <laughs> Okay, now it's time to remind everyone that Nance Pelosi is a badass bitch. In my last four moves, dirty man. I clap back. That bitch bad. That bitch bad as fuck. 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 Ain't shit you could do. That bitch bad as fuck. That bitch bad as fuck. That bitch bad as fuck. Ain't shit you could do. This is our long-awaited and quickly retired segment called Nance Pelosi is a Badass Bitch. Over the last four years, we've become obsessed with the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and pretty much the moment we gave her her own segment, the bitch up and retired. Because Republicans are low-key terrorists who broke into her house and attacked her husband with a hammer. Yeah, they're sexist, homophobic, racist little terrorists who terrorize this country with their grievance and their guns and their stupid fucking Facebook groups. But even though Nance Pelosi is no longer Speaker of the House, she is still in the motherfucking House <laughs> representing San Francisco's 11th District. She's 84 years old and in our humble opinion, the greatest living figure in American politics. We do anything to be in her presence for even just one minute. But we are sitting in a drug den in Burbank doing a podcast with 14 fucking listeners. Well, lucky for us, our guest today is not a loser. And he got to spend many, 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 many minutes interviewing Nance Pelosi for The Advocate. If you don't know, The Advocate is the world's oldest and largest LGBTQ plus news site. And I would go so far as to say that it's also the most respected, due in large part to our guest today. So without further ado, please welcome back the senior editor and lead columnist for The Advocate, John Casey. Hi, Hi John. John. Hello there, ladies. How are you? <laughs> so glad you decided to come back and you didn't change your mind. Well, I think uh, it was the uh, $14,000 that you offered me <laughs> that changed my mind. So thank you for that. Yeah, no you're, problem. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Okay, so before we get into the specifics of your interview... We have to know every detail of the atmosphere of what Nance Pelosi was like in real life. 
So was well, she warm and kind to you? Could you smell her? Was she dressed up? Was she casual? What were her hands doing? What they look like in real life? Things such as. Um, well, okay. So yes, um, she is. Uh, she is gorgeous, and if that sounds sexist, so be it. But she is, um, and so uh, I met her in New York. She was uh, speaking at a Time One Hundred conference and the following day was a, a time 100 gala so she, she was speaking and then um her uh, press secretary got us a green room off the stage where we could do the interview so she walked toward me and you know i first met her in 1987 and she still had that aura about her and so i said you know what i met you 36 years ago and you haven't changed a bit and she laughed and she's oh you know thank you that's sweet but i said no i really mean it you haven't changed a bit. She still has this presence about her that that is undeniable. And so that's the first thing that I noticed was that, that aura that still follows her around. I don't think age has diminished that at, at, in the least. How, how tall is she? Like, how tall are you and how tall is she? Like, what, oh, are, we, okay. what so, are we dealing with here? Yeah, so first of all, She's still wearing the stilettos, you know. She's in her 80s, and she's chomping around on, on the stilettos. It's a, a, amazing. You I, know, I want all, you to know that in the Nance Pelosi's a badass bitch, that's usually in the intro of this segment, that she still wears stilettos. I love that you said that. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's clicking towards me, and I'm like, I cannot believe that, you know, you, you know, my mother's the same age. I couldn't imagine her on that. So, um, I'm she gets around too, but anyway, so, so that she is small. She's smaller than I thought she would be because I think you think of Nancy Pelosi as, you know, this giant figure, which metaphorically she is, she is a giant figure, but I'm five, I'm about five, nine on a good day. And so I would say maybe she's five, five, something oh. like that. So she's tall. Yeah, I, she's taller than I imagined. Yeah. She looks. She just looks really petite. Uh huh. So she's like my height. She, yeah. yeah, she is petite. She is petite. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, and John's like my height. So, <laughs> so we're basically the same. Now I'll be able to look down at Julie and be like, "It's like little Nancy Pelosi." <laughs> <laughs> and we is that we, one of your your dreams is to look down on Nancy Pelosi? Oh my God, we would we would. Both of us, it's a dream. Julie can look up at yeah. Na- or look across at Nancy John, Pelosi. We have a life size cutout of Nancy yes. Pelosi in in our drug den studio. Literally, I'm looking at her right now. Yeah, it's a life. Really? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And she's where we put a necklace around her. It's a that says drugs. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like a gold necklace. But she's standing next to Johnny Depp. Um, a life size cutout of Johnny Depp from um Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Um. And Look. Julia and I always joke that it's basically me and her, and I am Johnny Depp, <laughs> and I'm Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, but so, not gorgeous. So I'm gorgeous loving, like her. I'm loving the height, like the height description. I'm gonna text yeah. you the pic, John. I'm gonna text it to you right now. Oh yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. So okay. okay, I need to know. You guys are in a green room off of the stage, right? Right. How were the, your chairs set up? Oh well, that so there was a little couch in there, so I. I curled up right next to her. Actually, if I felt like I should just have put my uh, head on her shoulder and started <laughs> sucking my thumb, seriously. It just felt like, a, but I'm hard of hearing. 
so I had to sit very close to her so I can hear. Mm-hmm. And um, so I sat right, right smack next to her. And uh, her press secretary, who's a uh, terrific guy, he was in the room. And then she, her daughter was in the room. I don't know if you know Alexandra, the filmmaker. Yeah. So she was in the room, too. Uh, she didn't say anything till the end. But, um, you know, I was surprised to have her in the room, too. But but I was right next to Nancy on the uh, on the couch. Did you tell Nance that you were hard of hearing or did you just go up close and be like, I'm just doing this? Yeah, I told her I was hard of hearing and then I am hearing it and you can't really see them. Um, but I almost took her out and showed, showed her because I wanted to prove that I was hard of hearing. But I think she was, a, she was fine. I mean, I, she didn't mind. I was just like plop right down next to her and, you know, I'm looking right in her eyes. So, and the eyes, that's the other thing. You know, she has these eyes that are bright and sparkly. Um, mm. It's like somebody who is, is young with a lot of curiosity and, and energy. I mean, the eyes are a little tired. Or, you know, you, you meet a lot of people. And um, I, I've met, I have friends who are celebrities. I have, uh, I've met presidents. I mean, you can look these people in the eyes and, and you see that they're disinterested. Or they're, they're thinking about something else. Or if you're the, the, you know, the one millionth reporter that they talk to, they don't want to do this. I didn't feel that way with her at all. Not at all. Were you nervous? Yeah, you know what? That's, uh, that's funny you should ask me that. I don't get nervous with people anymore. I mean, I've met so many people now. It's like, and I've talked to so many people. But I was nervous for her. Absolutely. I was nervous for her because she's history. I mean, this is somebody that when the the history books are written, I mean, her name's going to be right up there. And um, so, yeah, I was nervous. I was nervous. She's she's also pretty like, I think it's legendarily like intimidating. Not, I don't, I don't find her like that off-putting, but I know that like we've heard grown men in documentaries be like, oh shit, like, you know, (laughs) like she's scary. Like she can be, you know? Yeah, but I, she, I didn't get the. She, yeah, she didn't know, turn and, that and, on for you. She probably the second was she. You, you're so lovable anyway. But then you then say you you have hearing aids, and she probably immediately yeah you got this like maternal energy. She has that going so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I think she thought, oh, this poor old man. I'll have to speak up and you know and talk really slow so he understands. No, no, I'm kidding. She, <laughs> but she, she uh, um. But no, she and and I and and I say this seriously too. I'm not. I wasn't sitting there. It was the LGBTQ community that was sitting next to her, mm-hmm. and so she was talking to to all of us. She wasn't just talking to me. So I do think that that was part of it right there. Um, and and by when I said goodbye to her, <clears throat> she stuck out my and the hands. We have to talk about the hands. But she stuck out her hand and shook my hand. And I said, you know what? Handshake's not going to be enough. And I hugged her. And she gave me a really strong hug back. And I said that too. That was that hug was not for me. That hug was for our community because she's held us in her embrace all these years. And that was a metaphorical hug for all of us. That's how I felt. Why? Why is she a champion of the LGBTQ plus community? Like, do we know? Is it because of San Francisco? Did she grow up that way? I know she, you know, she is a mom and she and she mothers pretty much all marginalized people, I think, in general in her mind. Mm-hmm. But she is a, like a, a huge pillar of of the gay community. And, and I 
Julie and I always wonder why or how. I actually, we got into that. And it was, I asked her a question. I said, do you remember the first gay or queer person that you ever met? And she said, oh, yes. She said, and it was when I was young. You know, her father was the mayor of Baltimore. And they, but she had a lot of brothers and sisters. And so she said their home in Baltimore was welcoming. And everybody, they welcomed everybody. There was no, there, her, her religion, her Catholic religion and her parents were taught to love to love everyone and she said she remembered the one of a businessman who was a friend of her her parents who came in and who was gay but she said you didn't look at him and say you're gay you're gay we just well, he was just welcomed in to the home like everybody else was and then the other part of it is you know she's represented san francisco for for so long that this and we talked about that too and she said you know it was not that when i when you see a gay person, you don't say, oh, that person is gay, or that person is a lesbian, that person is trans. She said, they're people, they're, they're, um, they're accountants, they're architects, you know, they're, they're school bus drivers, or whatever else. She said, they're just part of a community. You don't look at them. She said, I don't, I've never, that never registered to me that you look at somebody different because of who they are. Nancy D'Alessandro Pelosi. <laughs> okay, so John, among all of your accomplishments, okay, you, I want our fortune listeners to know that, you know, aside from like, you know, the advocate and, and your writing and everything like you, you are a PR whiz, which is clear because you got a fucking interview with Nancy Pelosi. Okay, so yeah. I want to know how, how, how you pitched the cover story to her. Oh, so, well, um, well, it wasn't the cover story, uh, but it will be in our next print issue. Um, but, um, yeah, I learned, you know, I, I started my career in Capitol Hill as a press secretary, and then I've been uh, media relations director for Sears and Kmart, for Toys R Us, for Macy's. I worked for the Nobel Prize-winning uh, United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, yeah. worked for Mike Bloomberg, uh, worked for uh, Publicis, which is a major holding uh, media company. I just most recently was with Nielsen. So yeah, I have a long career in PR and it has really helped me pitch celebrities and politicians to be able um, uh, to get them to talk to me. But for her, it was just, I, I think it was just the fact that it's always about, I want them to talk to the community. I don't want them to talk to me. I want them to feel like they're talking to the community. I'm just a vehicle to be able to do that. So it's never me, I, me, I, it's us. It's we, it's our. And, and so that's how I usually pitch people. And that's how I, I pitch her. I wanted, I said, our readers would love to hear from her and all that she's done for us. And, and, and what about like, the, did you, did you mention any topics that you would want to hear from her about? No, I think I just wanted to talk about, you know, her, um, the, her LGBTQ legacy, what she's done. And then also I always ask this because we can talk about the past forever. But it's looking forward. What what did she see? What does she think needs to be done moving forward? That's going to help energize the community, the Democratic Party, and get rid of the Republicans who she called losers many times. Oh, <laughs> if only. I now, we, so we don't want to give away everything in your piece because we want people to go and read it. And I do want to encourage um, our listeners to like um, 
we know when we when Julie and I read it, we clicked on your name underneath the t- the title, and we and then all of your articles come up, and there's so many good ones, and it's it's been become this treasure trove of like, I mean, just information. Like uh, for us personally, with our podcast, we're gonna go to to your name and the advocate all the time. Yeah. Like we we really are because I mean, there's no other place we need to go quite frankly um and you're also going to come on um every six weeks but um i will do that so (laughs) we want people to go and read it so but tell us like give us some of the like like bullet point highlights of you know did she you know she clearly talked shit about ron desantis she had to have well she you know she was talking about the republicans as as a whole and i I don't want to and i don't i think neither one of us really wanted to talk about Republicans, so we didn't. She she made reference to them as losers. She said they're losing on guns, they're losing on LGBTQ rights, they're losing on abortion, they're losers. They're just losers, losers. She just kept saying that. <laughs> so, um, but but one of the things I, I do want to talk about, and I talk about it in, in the article, is, is her hands. Um, her hands are, and I, I, I Googled it because I thought, her hands are so demonstrative when she talks. Has anybody ever written about that? And I couldn't find anything. Oh my God, um, we're obsessed. We are obsessed with her hands. Yep. Yes, those hands are hands of history. And a matter of fact, that's how I wanted uh, the title to be. I wanted it to be Nancy Pelosi's Hands of History, but uh-huh. uh, obviously my editors went another way. So, and I guess it could have looked like, oh, well, what are you talking about her hands for? But I'm talking about her hands because she, she's so demonstrative. And her hands just emphasize the points. They reaffirm what she's saying. She must have touched my arm about a dozen times and, and could grab my arm, you know, to emphasize points or to, 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 you know, to call attention to somebody. She tapped my arm or, or tap it again to just make sure, old man, are you awake? Are you hearing everything? Hello? 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 <laughs> no, I, I don't think she's been doing that. But her hands are, and I said, those hands are history. I mean, remember when she clapped down at Trump? Uh, when he had the nerve to say, oh, we should get rid of petty politics. And she's clapping down at it. And yeah. then she ripped up that State of the Union speech and I put it in there. That that asshole gave Rush Limbaugh, the asshole is too kind of a word for Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. a, a presidential medal of freedom in her house. Uh, How horrifying is that? She should have ripped that up, and she did. And I got up, I remember that, and I started clapping for her. So, and then all of the all of the major pieces of legislation that she has gaveled to, into law. You just think about those hands. So they are the hands of history. And I watched them the whole time she was talking, and just marveled because I they I also I think represent the enormous amount of energy that she has, and the, the way she just to carry on a conversation and talk and those hands are talking right with her. Yeah. I mean, just the, the shape of, um, the, the she has a, such a particular way of like g- gesturing, mm-hmm. even yeah. when she's just on like meet the press, we're like mesmerized yeah. by, yeah. she has a certain, and we constantly will imit we'll do it. It's like her ring finger, like does a thing. I mean, we, and we have at least three, different things including like prayer candle with her clapping down that that you know iconic clap that like condescending clap which was so great oh man that was awesome uh, she, actually she should have just reached down and slapped him across oh. the face so and she said she good. said something and it was a huge hbo one i think that that came out that we watched oh yeah. 
Oh, well, um, that was the documentary that her daughter did. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, it right. was on HBO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She yep. says in that one at some point, I want to just slap him or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it was yeah. so yeah. great. It was so great. Like, oh, if only she could just slap him. If we could have lived. <laughs> I'm well, I, you know, I, I, I'm sure you remember this. She was walking off of uh, one of the press conferences and one of the reporters, she was wearing all white. And one of the reporters said, um, do you hate President Trump? And oh, remember yeah. when she stopped and she pointed at him? Mm-hmm. She said, no, don't you ever say I hate him. Don't you? And then she went right back up to that podium. Yeah. She said, don't you ever say I was not raised to hate anyone. I pray for the president. And that that moment was her because don't you dare, don't you dare accuse her of anything but like that. That is not who she is. Yeah, um, that's scary and, Nancy. Like when she yeah. when she told Wolf Blitzer, with oh, all due God. respect, Wolf, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Julie and I, we must have watched it over a thousand times. Yep. With all due respect, Wolf, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like that so, bitch will read you to filth that's why she's a badass bitch yep yeah yep but you know that and you're, you're right about the hands those hands are they're stiff too they're they're formidable hands they're tough hands you know like she's in command and um so that that was definitely in there um, but i kept watching those hands and just marveled at at yeah it was a couple times you know i mean Look, I, I had a, a, like a 90-minute conversation with Shirley MacLaine, who was like my all-time favorite oh actress. Oh, my I mean. God. And, and I thought, Ugh. you know, that, and I, I, you know, I met so many people, and but talking to Shirley MacLaine, it's really special. But I said to people, I will never forget every single detail of sitting next to Nancy Pelosi, right next to her on a small couch, and talking that that was one of the most meaningful things that's happened in my wild life and i'm still grateful that that didn't happen i'm glad that you're giving it like that much because it is i mean it's it's more important than you know meeting some presidents you know what i mean to us like i said she's the greatest living political figure we feel Mm -hmm. so strongly about it i mean we you're so lucky now i want to know what um was she funny did she think you were funny? Were you even trying to be funny? Like, what was what was the humor um, percentage? <laughs> well, she, I, 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 she doesn't try to be funny. It's just, you know, like when she kept saying the losers, that was funny. Um, she's pretty serious. I mean, and again, it wasn't, I felt, because that's the way it presented, more talking, you know, asking questions from the community. So she was talking to the community. And so the, the conversation, I think, was serious because of what is happening with our community right now. We are under attack. And it's not funny. It's not funny what's going on with the anti-trans bills and the anti-queen bills and the anti-LGBTQ and don't say gay and all of these things going on. So the subject matter that she was talking about at least right now, it's very serious. And so I, I think that was the, uh, of, of what she was trying to convey, that she understands the what's going on right now with our community and how serious it is and how important it is to us. And, and so it was in that manner, I think, that she was ans- answering the questions. Did she have um, a positive outlook on, like, 
the future or where it's going? Well, or did, did she think it was going to get worse before it gets better? I th no, I don't think she's like that. I think she's very optimistic. And uh, she has as much, much faith as I do uh, in this next generation, which is going out and um, protesting on guns, protesting on the, you know, the, the, the high schools in, in Florida and the walkouts, and that's going to continue. I mean, this is what I think is hilarious. And we did talk about Ron DeSantis says, okay, don't, don't say gay until 12th grade, okay? When, if he starts going around campaigning, can you imagine what high school kids are going to do to him? Just think back when Trump had his rally in Tulsa and they all went on TikTok and social media and RSVP for that. And he said there were going to be a million people there and they cleared out the parking lot and they made it for, put a big screens out there and nobody showed up. And they, inside it was just scattered few people. And it's because the young people knew how to screw him. And I think that's what's going to happen here. And they're just getting smarter. They're not, and they're getting more bold in what they do. So that's why, you know, they're going to screw with Trump or DeSantis, whoever. It won't be DeSantis. He's too mean. But they're going to screw with them. And they're going to make it like awful because this, these kids know, kids in, kids in California know the kids in, in Florida in 12th grade can't talk about being gay. Uh, they're going to do something about it. Likewise in Maryland or wherever the hell else he goes. I wonder what the timeline is on that. Are we thinking like in four years? Like this generation, that's what gets me confused. I don't even understand well, who, who, you know, uh, Zillennials, uh, Millennials. Yeah. I don't understand where, where the generations end and begin. Okay, so I talked to uh, Maxwell Frost and he was the first Gen Zer elected to Congress, and he's 25. Oh, yeah, and that guy's great. Yes, he's terrific, and he's solidly an ally for us. And I asked him if he was gay, because I don't think that's a question. Because he, he had um, two gay members of Congress come down and campaign for him, Mark Picano and I um, can't remember the other one. So I yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't sure, actually. I thought he was gay, gay as well. I wasn't sure, but I, that was a question in my mind. Yeah, so I said, "Are you are you gay?" And he said, "No, I'm not gay." So of course, if I was, I would I would be out. He said, "But I just have." He said, "My uh, his his district is where Pulse is, the Pulse nightclub." And so you know, there's there's a, a population of, of LGBTQ people in in his district, and he said they're my constituents, like everyone else. So you know, the, uh, that's why. It, he he's earned their support and trust and it was one reason why he was elected to congress because the lgbtq community and young people really came out for him so yeah um, and that and that it, actually goes to your point and i guess nancy pelosi's that in, a, in an area like pulse where young people and in gay people would be super activated yeah. they came out and voted for for a young liberal guy like right. the, the the youngest guy right yes yes yeah. and then i've talked to katie hill and I remember her, she got kicked out of Congress because she admitted to being in a throuple. Yeah, she had that threesome, bitch, with that bong <laughs> on the bed. That looked like a great time. I was like, Katie, you should have stayed on in. You should have stayed on in, honey. So wait a minute. So, you know, she's like 31, 32. And, and I said to her, I said, um, you know what? I said, in 10 years, you're going to run again because people are going to say throuple. I know somebody... It's like this generation doesn't give a shit about that. They're in throuples. 
you know, you, <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. They're, they're doing that stuff and it's not a big deal. So, you know, when more Malcolm Frost are being elected to Congress and, and, and I also talked to Ruby Giuliani's daughter when she wrote in Vanity Fair um, about being in a throuple and the, it, for her, it's romantic. It's not about sex. It's uh-huh. just three people being able to. And it was a really enlightening conversation about throuples and what throuples mean psychologically. It's not about sex. It's about three people sharing love with each other. And so she was so eloquent in being able to describe that. But anyway, this next generation, when we talked about before about being the Republicans being excluding, this generation is like a throuple. Include, include. You know what? Mm-hmm. We're, we're all here for love. Yeah. And can I just say one more thing about Nancy? She said love many times. And her thing is about love, that we should be talking more about love, about loving each other. All this hate, it should be more about love. She did say that. So I thought it was very poignant. Um, did she, while saying love a lot, did she ever like cuss at all, even ass mm. or shits? No, I don't recall that. Uh, she, she might have. I mean, I swear like a sailor. So if, if she did, I probably didn't notice it. But no, there, there wasn't that. Did she did use she... any slang besides loser? <laughs> Which loser's strong enough. I, I, I don't remember. I mean, I can go through all my notes. We were talking for a long time. Um, that's the other thing. You know, most people are like, you got 10 minutes. Get your questions. And so you feel like you're rushed, you know? Like, okay, I got to get these questions and... It wasn't like that with her. I mean, she was just shooting the shit, just telling her, talking, you know, it was really, um, it was casual. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I had to force my questions in, you know, 10 questions in five minutes, something like that. Do you remember how long? Like 30 minutes? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was about almost 30 minutes. Yeah. Because we, when we ended the interview, we were in there for a little bit because then I went over and talked to her daughter because I love her daughter and all, all her films. And she's really, she's a lot like her mom. She looks like her mom. She has her mom's hands. So it really was uh, fun. I, I got a selfie with her because I, uh, I thought, you know, I want to make her feel important too. Now, is she friendly, the daughter? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's friendly. Very outspoken. Very outspoken. Just like her mom. <laughs> And was she filming? No, no, no. She was just in there. She, you know, she lives in New York, so I think she was just hanging out with her mom while her mom was in New York. Oh, okay. So I was wondering, did you record it, or did you, were you like writing in a notebook? How did you like? Um, yeah, I rec- I recorded it. Yeah, I recorded it. Like on your and iPhone. Yes, and then I sold it to the National Enquirer. For right. Fifteen thousand. I was gonna say, did you <laughs> ever? Did you ever have to like? Did she ever say anything like oh, "keep this off the record" or say anything candid? No. So she no, never think, she never said anything like that. No, and that is because she's done this so much. So I, you know, I'm not saying she's programmed, but she is programmed to stay, but uh, stay salient on the point and not, you know, she, she, she's very professional. So she's gets a question she answered it she may get a little opinionated but she always goes back to talking about the root of the question i always think about that interview where she i feel like she was in like some kind of diner booth or something whatever and it was like um where she said we don't 
we don't legislate on Twitter or something like like oh, th- right. they don't get the votes on Twitter. Like just yeah. they might get the likes, but they don't get the votes. Or something. Yeah. It was about AOC, AOC and um, the squad. And it was and I, I personally like loved it. And I yeah. love when she gets like sassy. And I was since since she never you had spent 30 minutes with her and she never said off the record or whatever. I have to think that she knows exactly what she's saying mm-hmm. when yeah, she's getting she sassy. Does. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that wasn't like a slip of the tongue or an accident. She just like read them and kept it pushing. Yep. There are no no slips of the tongue. I mean, she's very disciplined. So she knows exactly how to answer the question. And look, you know, I'm not the first gay reporter that she's talked to. I don't like to call myself a reporter. I don't like really report. I just kind of talk to people. Um Maybe I'm a talker, not a reporter. I think about that. Mm. So, but anyway, she, maybe you're she, just a writer. I mean, a talker and a writer. You know, you're a writer. Oh, a you seem a like writer. a writer. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, a, a talker. <laughs> yeah, a talker. exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to patent <laughs> that. I am going to go patent and it. retire. Yes, yes. No, a, she's very, she's very disciplined. So, did anything cringe or embarrassing happen? Like, do you have any like, oh God, I wish I didn't like say that or was there anything yeah, my, like that my hearing aid fell out and that was hugely embarrassing no that didn't happen <laughs> oh no um i uh, no i mean like i think it could have been cringe when i hugged her um but it wasn't i mean she gave me a hug back a really firm one so mm. you know i i, I also feel like um if, if, if <clears throat> she, I think she's a good judge of character. So in other words, like she, she knew I was just a nice, I am dumb. I think a nice, dumb, funny guy sitting next to her. So, you know what, as opposed to some jerk who, you know, is doing his job and asking questions and then he has to turn around and write something. You know, I, I think she understood, she understands you. And because she's a people person. The whole entire thing must have been so surreal and magical. We're so jealous <laughs> and also thrilled for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, it was. I've got to say, very special. Very, very special. And since you said, like, it will stay crystallized in, in your memory forever, before mm-hmm. we let you go, like, what would you say, like, your your favorite, you know, what was your favorite thing about your conversation with Nance Pelosi? Just the fact that I was sitting right next to her and looking her in the eye and that she was touching my arm the whole time. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, good. you couldn't ask for more. Oh like, God. No. Right? I mean, she wasn't like sitting on the other side of the room or, you know, standing there like, hurry up, hurry up. She's sitting there with her legs crossed, right? I was right smack next to her. Like I said, I felt like I could put my, put my hand on her shoulder and start sucking my thumb. Because I just felt like I was at home. Oh, John. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our stupid podcast again. No, no. (laughs) I want to come back. You can have me back as many times as you want. Well, guess what? Hey, guess what? You just got a phone call. We're your new bosses now because you're a regular. So whether you like it or not, here's another job for you. Yeah. Now tell our 14 listeners where they can find you and support your work at The Advocate. (laughs) How do you know it's 14? Oh, we know. We Believe Uh, me. (laughs) By the money, the no money that comes in. (laughs) Hey, I I used to work for Nielsen. I could really tell you how many people 
They don't even. They're not even. They're not. <laughs> no, you they're not yeah. doing. They're not even down that. here. Yeah. <laughs> they're not down here. Um, well, as I said before, definitely just log on to the advocate and, and read us. We are the voice, of, and particularly in what's going on with our community right now. And if you're if you're wasted, you're high, you're on edibles, you're chugging vodka, you're on a couch filled with potato chips, your fingers are sticky from Cheetos. You can Google John Casey, the advocate, and click on the link, and all of my columns are there. Now it's time for So There's That. All right. So this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it. In fact, I hate fucking doing it because it's damn near impossible to find an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note when half of the country are mind controlled members of a morally bankrupt right wing cult. And the rest of us are whiny, entitled virtue signalers who are too busy keyboard fighting with our own side to win the fucking war. <sighs> but we're here. <laughs> we just spoke to the editor-in-chief of The Advocate, mm-hmm. which is big. Yes. We really like him a lot. It was the cl- maybe the closest we'll ever get to Nancy Pelosi. And we have so many things to be grateful for. We just need you to tell us what we can be hopeful for when... Politics is so fucking annoying right now, my mom. <laughs> it's so annoying. Okay, well, okay. So as you know, I just rejoined my shitty, stupid gym and have been really trying it. And I do have to say, it's so hard not to just say fuck it and get a rack of ribs, a pack of cigarettes, a handle a jack, and lock the door. But alas, we're turning the bus around and going a different route. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Do you like to say root or route? Root. Okay. What do you say? I think in that sentence, I would have said route. Oh, we're going a different route. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, while at the gym, forcing myself to get through every single long second on the elliptical, I saw that they have like 50 TV screens. So I'm like, ooh, TV. And of course, Hey Sharks was playing on one of them. Now, I don't know why Hey Sharks is like on at every gym you ever go into, but Hey Sharks is always playing on every gym. And it's like on 24-7. 24-7. It's also like they're always usually old. This one was new. I could tell because it did like a whole commercial. So whatever. So after enjoying the five. Well, who was all there? So does that mean Barbara wasn't there? Barbara was there. Oh, good one. For some of them. But on this particular one, I can't remember if Barbara was there or not. Hmm. What was she in that episode? I can't remember if she was in that particular episode. Oh, because you're watching it every time you go to the gym? Yeah, because it's always on. Well, you said this one was a new one, and I'm just saying that Barbara probably wasn't there. Probably not. Because they always have to have Lori Grenier and not fucking Barbara, and I don't fucking appreciate it. Yes, Lori Grenier definitely was there. But I can't remember if Barbara was there or not. 
Because sometimes I think she might come back a little bit here or there. Anyway. She comes back here and there, but you remember if she's there. I know. I know. She wasn't there. I don't think so. Now, after enjoying the 500th person try and make a deal for making our lives so much easier by trying to create something Mr. Wonderful can make in China, litter the earth and eventually just become garbage because we don't need it. And honestly, at this point, unless you have a vasectomy spray and a lobotomizer for all of us, just save it. And then... I see two little girls come into the tank. And I said to myself, now hold on, just hold on. Hold on. I said to myself, I said child. I said child. (laughs) (laughs) Now, normally I hate kidpreneurs, entrepreneurs that are kids. Oh, just not the kidpreneurs. We don't want the kid chefs. We don't want the kidpreneurs. Keep your sticky hands out of my food. No. And take your dumb idea and save it. And take your dad's idea and Uh, shove it up your dad's ass. Okay? (laughs) That's right. I mean... I can't stand their precocious, arrogant child bullshit. But these two, these two, I just couldn't keep. I, I was like, wait, a, hold, what? What? So they walk in. There's there are two girls. They're two girls of color. OK. That should matter to anyone, which I think is pretty important, being that they're entrepreneurs starting a business and, you know, they're girls. So they you know how they reveal like their show and tell. Right. Right. Like first they walk in. Dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Dun, dun. And they're cute girls and they're. But I've noticed that there's something. Did they have a serious vibe or more of like um, like were they trying to be like serious business and like about how old were they? No, I think I, from my I thought I thought that I was looking at maybe like a 10 year old and a 13 year old. Oh, OK. And That's they were a little older than I imagined. Two together. And they were giving you almost like. Mm, we're funky. We're fun. We're different. Like hipsters? Not hipsters. Like alt? Young, like like graffiti, artsy type. And I was like, I'm right. I'm interested. Like a New York Basquiat type of energy? Kind of. Yes. Okay. Yes. So now I'm interested. Okay. Now they reveal what they're selling and I see a big sign that says angels and tomboys. And now I'm like, Wait a minute. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Le- Hold calling on. all lesbians, <laughs> yeah. a.k.a. tomboys. That's right. And I was like, what are they selling here? So now I'm going to pitch to all of you listening. Hey, sharks. Hey, guys. Because I am now a little hopier, happier, and more relaxed by a very small percentage knowing that these two are in the world and are going to be part of the generation that could possibly save us all. What are they... Oh, you know what? Let's meet them first. They're sisters, Madison and Mallory, founders of Angels and Tomboys. The logline, because all girls are created equally different. Oh, Oh, fuck. Yes. Obsessed. Yes, yes. And yes, this is exactly what we need right now. And I am so here for it. These girls Basically created a line of shampoo, body wash, and body sprays. They're super young, so right now everything's fruit flavored and made specifically for kids. But their entire ethos of girls being created equally different 
And combining tomboys and angels is so genius and so what girls need right now as we are being inundated from every angle and particularly for those girls who are confused by all the gender talk and multi-gendered identities and maybe there's just some that just want to be tomboys and be able to exist in that space. And here it is, a space for all girls no matter how they present in whatever spectrum and these two are here to say it's all good, we're all girls welcome the two of them are presenting themselves as sort of two very soft ends of a spectrum and i think this message is awesome and important and feminist and girl power and fuck off republicans seriously the sisters are mallory and madison Mm -hmm. mallory is a scorpio (laughs) now this is off the website they literally do like meeting mallory and this is like they have it listed like this birthday november 22nd hobbies racing playing video games baking cookies and cakes ice skating basketball running track exercises and play exercising and playing i think we know which one mallory (laughs) is okay well she had a lot of diverse interests she does have a lot of diverse interests and get this it goes in the morning that's in bold in the morning i say my prayers wake my sister madison and tell her something nice that i like about her and tell my mom that i love her i play around before getting dressed for breakfast we juice vegetables and berries mom calls it our superpowers meal (laughs) wow can't even (laughs) Uh, my give back act not only does my company donate a portion of proceeds to nonprofit organizations that focuses on the well-beings of girls, I also volunteer throughout my community, and every year for my birthday party, I ask attendees to gift me with an item that I could donate to charity. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That is so cute. Does it say where they live? Yes. They are from Memphis, but the current city is L.A. L.A. <laughs> So I was going to say Los Angeles. You know these two are going to get a TV show any second. Uh, Maybe we should see if they'll come on the podcast. Yeah, oh, that's... no, but we cuss too much. Well, we won't with them. Mm. I'm sure their mothers want the fun yeah. gay politics. So then there's Sister Madison. Her birthday is February 27th. She's a Pisces. Her hobbies are reading books, baking, choreographing dance routines, cheer, acting, hanging out with friends. Uh-oh, she's going to get on a pilot. Mm-hmm. Talents, a multidisciplined trained dancer and actress. Likes to collect purses, stickers, and bottle caps. Oh, my God, that's so cute. We love a Pisces. So, uh, I mean, just, she likes to wear anything that sparkles. And in the morning, I thank God for waking me up, eat a nutritious breakfast, and get ready for my day. Before going to bed, I say my prayers, watch something cool on Netflix with a warm cup of tea, <laughs> a blanket, and snacks. <laughs> These two are fucking <laughs> unbelievable. I can't. I it made me so happy. These girls are the future. They're business women. They're role models for every single girl, no matter her presentation. That there is a place for you, and you can be anything you want, while not only helping other people but making money. You literally got so happy from it. You texted me from <laughs> the elliptical. And you were like, oh, my God, I got my so there's that for next week. And then I was like, we talked a little bit about whatever. And then I was like, OK, well, don't forget that. Don't forget your so there's that. And then you were like, what, what, what is it? And I was like, <laughs> within a, the same conversation, you go, what was it? I'm like, oh, God. And I, I just <laughs> off. I, exactly. I'm so happy to see the word tomboy not associated with anything sexual. It, they, they have taken being girls in any form and made it 
just living like just being just having fun and loving your mom and fucking doing sports and and in any capacity that you want without getting into anything necessarily sexual related and I think it's really important because they're so young and they're probably going to go through puberty soon or whatever that they're getting at that now because they are role models for girls who could be confused and you could be confused whether it's you know, because they're one. I like that it's an angel and a tomboy, and that the one girl is into dance. And there's, I, I just, I love it. I love it so much. It's the, their products are age appropriate. They're ambitious little rock stars, and they're truly an inspiration. I love their look, and it's clear that even if you don't model yourself after their brand of clothing or style, that they're proponents for girls to present and be in any way they choose. If you have little girls, I urge you to go to their website and support them. We are living in a time when girls are under attack and genders become weaponized and criminal, and that's across the board. No one should be demonized for their self-realization and path to self-awareness. Let's give little girls and boys, of course, but we're talking about girls now, the tools and the role models for them to be strong and powerful and cool and sexy and awesome and remind them that they can be in any form they so choose. Mallory and Madison are our present and our future, and we can all sleep a little sounder knowing that they are here. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid ass podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, or even if you're old here, please consider checking out our Patreon (laughs) podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this one. We do two a week, every week. They're both an hour. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules. They're not all like the five minutes we played at the beginning. We do do we do do a lot of hungover episodes, but they're not. They just they're wildly different week to week. We're just whatever mood we're in, whatever city we're in, whatever room we're in, whatever we're into at that time. They're just supposed to be stress free, timeless, mindless fun. That's right. And you can subscribe for only one dollar you get one podcast a week for a dollar two podcasts a week for two dollars and when you sign up you will immediately get access to hundreds of hours of timeless back podcasts there's a list pinned on the top of the feed of all of our most popular episodes but a lot of people like to start at our very first patreon episode from back in 2017 and listen all the way up till now there's a link to a free episode in the description below this podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode, or you can just Google Julian Brandy Patreon. It's super easy to find. There's a million ways. Just find it. Try it out. We beg you. <laughs> and as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And John Casey again. John Casey times two. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. 
get strung out by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man. With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 